Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or share your progress, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, after you listen, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Thank you so much for being here and joining us for another episode. And today we are dealing with stopping our people-pleasing. It's time to let it go. But before we get into people-pleasing, I want to share another email from you all. One of our listeners, our co-journers, sent us an email at homecomingpodcast at gmail.com sharing her vows from episode two where we were to write vows to ourselves. So I am excited to read the vows from EJ, EJ Oma Chinchillum. And she writes, Dear EJ, till death do us part, I promise to always choose you, to value you, to honor you, to respect you, to take care of you, to cherish you, to make time for you. I promise to no longer let people affect how I see you. I accept you in all that you are and will be. I believe in you. I love you more than anything in the world. I really do love you. I promise you that even if you don't find anyone to journey with, I will always be here for you. I will always be your strength. You don't have to worry so much because every little thing is going to be all right. I got you. I got us forever. Beautiful. Oh my goodness. EJ, thank you so much for sending those vows. And I think that they have such truth and wisdom in them that we can all carry, that we can all feast on the commitment to ourselves, the vows to ourselves. And it goes in perfectly with this week's topic of people pleasing, because often when we are pleasing others to an extreme, we are neglecting ourselves. Often when we have gone to an extreme place of prioritizing everybody else's feelings, needs, and wants, it is a betrayal of ourselves. It is a neglect of our own garden because we are spending so much energy toiling other people's soil, tilling other people's soil. And so really getting clear about in order to heal and stop my people pleasing, I have to first recognize the root. You see, many times we notice something we don't like about ourselves and we judge ourselves for it. We condemn ourselves for it. We just try to stop it. But if we do not get at the root of it, you see, the behavior is just a symptom. It is a symptom, a sign of a deeper issue. But if we do not address and acknowledge that deeper issue, we do what psychologists call symptom substitution. And so that's when someone quits smoking and starts overeating, right? Because they haven't dealt with the real issue. Uh, They just have said, I want to give up this behavior. So then the root 
shows up in a new way, just a new manifestation. So when I look at the roots of my people pleasing, it is to really understand what that is about for me and where did I learn that my needs need to always come second? Where did I learn that what other people want, even from me, is more important than what I want or need for myself? Where did I learn that I would be penalized or rejected if I had an original thought or an original feeling? Because at the foundation, people-pleasing is often a survival strategy. It is a survival strategy that is born out of being around people who were so absorbed with themselves that there was not room for us. And so children are very wise and very perceptive and very insightful. And so they observe when they have to live on tiptoe. They learn what are the consequences for saying, what I think? What are the consequences for feeling something that does not align with what other people want me to feel? And so when there is not room for us to show up, we shut down. And people pleasing, even when it's delivered with a smile, comes from a place of being shut down. I am shut down to my truth. I am shut down to my feelings. I am shut down to my thoughts. I am shut down to my needs but all of my energy, all of my perception, all of my focus, all of my labor is focused outward, figuring out what other people need. And when you're really amazing at people pleasing, you learn to anticipate needs even before they ask for it. And we get rewarded for that. People reward you for erasing yourselves when it is in service of them. And so to interrupt my people pleasing, it's going to be disruptive for people who like me silent. To interrupt my people pleasing is going to disrupt some systems that are built on my back. To interrupt people pleasing means some people are going to have to get to know you for the first time because they don't actually don't know you. They know your script. They know your mask. They know your service. They know your sacrifice, but they do not know you. And so to come home to myself is to risk being a person, not a person in response to others, a reaction to others, a tool for others, an instrument for others, but to be a whole being in and of myself, to be a whole being with thoughts and feelings and needs and priorities and values that may not match everybody else's all the time, but I am a whole being. And so for some who are listening, this will be a radical shift. And some of us have been so indoctrinated, so brainwashed around this people pleasing that the idea of being a whole person to you may sound selfish. (laughs) Uh, When we have been told that it is selfish to have feelings, that it is selfish to have thoughts, that it is selfish to have needs, that has been a form of propaganda to get us to diminish ourselves in service of others. But for there to be authentic friendship, authentic relationship, even authentic marriage, It requires that everybody present is present. 
that no one in the relationship is silenced, is unseen, is unheard. And so for you to come home to you and for me to be at home within myself, it means releasing the people pleasing, which means taking the risk of disappointing others. Are you willing to sit with the discomfort of not everybody always being happy with you? That is a big leap for those who, as a result of childhood challenges, early challenges, abusive relationships, discover that it is dangerous for people to be displeased with you. And so when that has been unsafe, we have made our specialty people pleasing. But when I don't want to live like that anymore, when I recognize that's not actually living, it is survival mode and I have excelled in survival mode, but I actually do want to live, then it takes some reordering of my life to only be in places where I can actually be me and to learn to navigate waters and identify waters where people want my service but do not want me, where people want my silence. In workplaces, we often talk about that as tokenism, when people want you to be present, but don't really want you to make an impact. And we really come to a place of being ready to show up, being ready to be authentic, being ready to actually live. So you have to ask yourself the question, am I ready to risk being present? Am I ready to risk taking off this mask? Am I ready to stop laughing when nothing's funny, to stop smiling when people are hurting me? Am I ready to start speaking truth, not just the things that other people want to hear? And that also requires before I speak it to them, I have to speak it to me. Am I ready and willing to tell myself the truth? Because the reality is once I start really telling myself the truth, it will be more and more difficult for me to be silent. It's easier to live a lie when I believe the lie. (laughs) But when I have an awakening, then I recognize I don't fit in this cocoon anymore. I don't want to fit in this cocoon anymore. And so I want to give you some things to keep in mind as you work toward releasing and healing your people-pleasing. So the first step I want you to keep in mind is validate, appreciate, celebrate yourself. And this goes exactly with EJ's vows that we read earlier. In her vows, she says, I promise to no longer let people affect how I see you, talking about herself. And so for each of us, once I am okay with me, I will not crumble so easily when you are dissatisfied. When I am okay with me, when I'm good with me, when I approve of me, it will not be so disruptive when someone else does not approve. When I have not validated, appreciated myself, I am walking around with a very fragile sense of who I am. And when my sense of who I am is so fragile, it means if anybody is disappointed, if anybody is mad at me, If anybody is frustrated, if anybody doesn't like something I said or something I did, then I can become undone. I can become dismantled by their rejection 
or by their commentary or by their critique because their response was the only thing holding me together. And so I encourage you that before you present your ideas or thoughts or needs or feelings, opinions to the world, that you first speak them to yourself and validate, celebrate, appreciate, acknowledge yourself. So that way, when you go out into the world speaking truth, you are not looking for someone to agree. If someone agrees or if someone gets it, that's nice, that's good, but it does not erase my experience because someone else sees it another way or because someone else wants me to do it another way. So it is internalizing my voice, of positive self-regard, taking that in fully. So I am not wandering around looking for someone to tell me who I am. I am not wandering around waiting for someone to tell me that's good. I am not wandering around looking for other people to show me my reflection and to feed me my lines. But I can see myself and I can think for myself and I can speak for myself and I'm good with me. Oh, I really want you to get that part of your homecoming because the more you come home to yourself, the more difficult it is for someone to throw you off by their comments or by their disagreement or even by their rejection. It may sting, it may have an impact, but it will not disrupt you at your core when you have some clarity about your core. The next thing after validating, appreciating, celebrating yourself is starting with some small no's. I want you to know that no is a holy word, is a sacred word, and it is a word you have the right to speak. And so many people will ask many things of you and when they become clear, that you're gonna always say yes, a lot of people have no grace. A lot of people do no perspective taking that as long as you're willing to carry the load, they will keep piling stuff on your back. And so to start saying no to requests, to start saying no to people, to start establishing something beautiful called boundaries, When I'm in people-pleasing mode, there are no boundaries. Whatever people need, day or night, whatever they need, even if it costs me everything, even if it puts me in a bad situation, I'm going to do it. And then often people get shocked to discover that it's not mutual, that it's not reciprocal. And now you're caught out there by yourself. And so... I want you to think about this week, something you can say no to. And for some of you, it may be something you already agreed to, but you know you just can't do it. Energy-wise, time-wise, resource-wise, you just cannot do it. And so instead of just letting it fall apart in silence, to own your word, to have the courage to go back, and speak the truth that I'm not going to be able to do that. Or some of you preventatively can make a decision. I'm not taking on any new projects. I'm not taking on any more things that do not nourish or nurture me. 
starting with a no you feel comfortable saying to a person you feel comfortable saying it to. We all have different dynamics and levels of relationships, family and friendships, and there are some people it's very hard for you to say no to for a number of reasons. Often you all's history together. So when you're going to try to interrupt your people pleasing, I wouldn't start with your hardest no, because that's a setup for failure. And one of the things that we understand in therapy is it's important for people to set obtainable goals, goals that will stretch you, but that are possible because we have to have some wins to encourage us as we're on this new journey, a new path. So if you come out of the gate with something you know is really near impossible for you to do, if you don't then stand up to that person in your mind effectively, then you will retreat and say, oh, I just can't do it and surrender to the people pleasing. So I wanna invite you to think about some small no's or a small no that you can begin to do this week to protect your time, to protect your energy, to protect your mental health, to protect yourself, to honor yourself. So we first really get to this place of recognizing the root of our people pleasing, and then we validate ourselves. The next one is starting with our small nose. And after that, taking a look at what are my priorities? This season of your life, this is a very important season of your life. You're coming home to you. So there is a lot of shifting, healing, recovering happening. And so the things that you set your priorities around last year are not going to match where you are now. And so many of us have our time and our energy organized to reflect our prior values, but that is no longer who we are, who we want to be, where we are going. So in this new version of me, what do I want my life to look like? In this new version of me, what are my priorities? What are my values? What are the things that are most important? Because what I discover is in order to say yes to me and the woman I want to be, it will require me saying no to some other people and some things that pull me back into patterns that do not serve who I want to be. So in order to say yes, they're going to have to be some no's. What do you want? What do you want your life to look like? What is your dream? What is your vision? You know, a lot of people are doing these vision boards, but one thing you don't recognize is based in what I put on the board, I have to delete some things off of my life's board. Because if the things I want on the board do not currently exist in my life, I have to declutter my life to make room for them. What are the people, things, priorities, habits that may be blocking the visual of what I want to pull into my life? What do I need to erase from my current board so my vision board can show up? Some of us say that we want love, but we have things blocking that from happening. 
Some of us want particular things in our career or creativity, but we have things that are blocking it. And so once I get my picture in my mind of who I want to be and how I want to live, then that will help me to step away from people pleasing when pleasing them means ripping up my board. When pleasing them means postponing my vision. When pleasing them means walking away from my purpose. Are you really willing to walk away from your purpose and betray your emotional and spiritual needs in service of everybody else? That is not what is required. And sometimes we have in our mind that that's being a good friend or being a good partner or being a good person. And I want you to know in relationships, there is reciprocity. And while there may be moments of compromise or sacrifice, when you are in extreme people pleasing, then those relationships are often one-sided and they are often at the cost of your own spirit. And good relationships, healthy friendships are not at the cost of your soul. It's not at the cost of your mental health. And so we make up in our minds clarity about life that we want to create that will help embolden us to step away from chasing after other people's goals and validations in ways that postpone and pollute our purpose and possibility. Two more pointers. One of them is getting rid of toxic people or toxic relationships. If you are afraid to say no, something is wrong. Something is wrong in this friendship. Something is wrong in this relationship when I can't ever say what I think or feel. Something is off. And so I encourage you to really interrogate, to really assess the quality of your relationships, the quality of your friendships, if it is terrifying for you or it feels impossible to you to set a boundary or to say no. So when I have good, healthy relationships, someone might be disappointed that I can't help them out in this particular way, but it's not going to be disruptive and they're not going to become disrespectful, right? They might express their disappointment of, oh, I really wish you could have come, or oh, it won't be the same without you there, or oh, well, if you won't do it, I'm not sure who's gonna do it. They might voice a disappointment, but there is not disrespect, and it does not demolish the friendship, because a friendship that can't tolerate a no is not a friendship, yes? So really looking at the nature of these relationships. And I know some of you have written who are real in real bondage with family, what it means to be an adult child, but have parents who are very controlling. And, and when some of you write, even having parents who are manipulative and really feeling in bondage to that. And I know that family-wise and even culturally, that those can be difficult waters to tread. And even so, I invite you to start with the small nose, to look for ways to carve out space 
for your breath, carve out space for your identity, to carve out space for your feelings. And to other people, it might look really small, this goal you have, but you know in your family dynamic that that's gonna be big. And so I honor you. I honor you in whatever step you're able to take that honors yourself. I honor you and I recognize that for some, these waters are a lot muddier because of those dynamics. And it is important for us to actually live, not just in the shadow of other people's needs, desires, wants, or scripts for our lives. And our very last one is stop apologizing. Stop apologizing. I want you to know that no is a complete sentence. And some of us mess ourselves up because when we try to set a boundary, or stop people pleasing, we say, I can't do it because, and let me tell you, some people are so selfish that when you tell them why they can't do it, they'll try to address the reason you couldn't do it so to make you still have to do it, right? That they won't even really hear you. And so also when you keep talking, it sends a mixed message. It leads people to believe you don't really mean no, about their requests. And when I say that, I'm not talking about intimacy. I'm not talking about consent. That's a whole different conversation. But I'm talking about people who make demands of your time, of your energy, of your resource. And so as brief as possible without saying sorry, because it is not for you to have to be everything to everybody. And so I encourage you as you start to think about setting your boundaries, saying no to some things and people, to try to do it with as little explanation as possible, and if possible, without apology, because you're not doing anything wrong. By saying no or setting a boundary, you are not a bad person. So you don't have to apologize for people's disappointment You don't have to apologize for having needs of your own or for being tired or not having the money to give or whatever that is. And so not feeling shame for setting boundaries. That is the gift to yourself. I'm going to set boundaries and I'm not going to be ashamed of it. It's a good thing. It's a good thing for me to come home to myself and for me to speak my truth. It is a good thing. So as you think about your life, as you think about your light and not letting people shade you into shame, into self-sabotage, into extreme people-pleasing, I'm excited to see the you that you discover with your new time and your new energy. So I invite your soul to tell your mind, heart, body, and spirit, welcome home.
Falls, 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 falls.